My name is Heidi and I love stories, funny stories and sad stories and what on earth just happened stories. Well, as it turns out, the Bible is full of them. And after two decades in Sunday school, plus a master's in English, I'm here to tell them to you. Get ready, this is Messy Scripture. The last time we saw King Ahab, he had just murdered a guy named Naboth so that he could have his vineyard. And then he got called out by God and actually repented, so he was going to get off a lot easier than he would have had he not repented. Before we find out exactly what happens to Ahab next, we have to turn our attention to the kingdom of Judah to the south, where a new king is reigning, Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat is basically the best. Like, he's such a good king, and he's the kind of king that David was. Jehoshaphat worships God and takes God's word seriously, and God seriously appreciates it. And so Jehoshaphat brings Judah into a new period of peace, prosperity, and economic growth. At the same time, Syria and Israel that had been at war, if this sounds familiar, it's because Syria and Israel are usually at war in world history. Anyway, they had gone three years without war, but now Syria and Israel are about to go at it again. So Ahab asks Jehoshaphat to join him in a war against Syria. And Jehoshaphat is like, yes, but first, let's inquire of God and see if this is like a good idea. So Ahab is like, I know how I'm going to get Jehoshaphat to say yes. He brings in every false prophet he can find, like every single one. And they're all like, yes, thus saith the Lord, go kick some ass. Something about this whole thing feels a little off to Jehoshaphat. Like he sees somebody make a set of horns of iron and being like, you're going to punish Syria with these. And Jehoshaphat's like, this, this seems real weird. Don't you know of any other prophets of God that we could ask? And Ahab's like, well, there is one, Micaiah, but he's always mean to me. He never says anything nice to me. He's always prophesying evil. Jehoshaphat's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Talk, talk better about a prophet. Let's go call him, call him up. So 400 false prophets are telling King Ahab, like, you've got this. God is going to give you the victory. And Micaiah is on his way over. And as soon as he gets there, he's like, yeah, God will give you the victory. Uh-huh. And Ahab's like, haven't we had this conversation? I made you promise me to tell me the truth. And Micaiah's like, fine, if you go to battle, you're going to die. God decided. In fact, he had all of these prophets speak with a lying spirit just so that you would go to battle and die. And another prophet slaps him and is like, how dare you speak for God? Why is God's spirit on you and not me? And Micaiah's like, I don't know, might as well take it up with God. Ahab throws Micaiah in jail until he, quote, gets back safely. And Micaiah's like, look, dude, if you get back safely, I ain't no prophet. Ahab is at this point concerned, and so he asks Jehoshaphat to go into battle dressed as a king, but he himself will not. And Jehoshaphat's like, for some reason, okay. So Ahab and Jehoshaphat go into battle, and Ahab is disguised as just an ordinary soldier, and Jehoshaphat is dressed like a king. Now, at this time, kings were often also generals, like they had generals, but they also went out to battle, so it was kind of easy to tell who was the king. The king of Syria, meanwhile, was like, okay, everybody focus your attention only on killing the king of Israel. Don't worry about anybody else. So when they see Jehoshaphat rolling up in his fancy clothes, they're like, oh, the king. And they go up to him and Jehoshaphat cries out and they're like, oh, nope, never mind. Wrong king, wrong king, wrong king, wrong king. Cancel, cancel, cancel. And some random archer misfires and hits Ahab right between the armor plates. And he is going to definitely, definitely die. He watches the end of the battle from inside his chariot, where he's propped up, and he dies and is brought back into the city of Samaria. They wash the chariot out by a fountain, 
and dogs lick up the blood and water that's pouring out of the chariot. And this very same pool is one that prostitutes bathe in. So the prophecy has come true. Ahab real dead. Dogs licked up his blood. Prostitutes are bathing in his water. And there's going to be a new king, his son, Azahiah. Azahiah was just like his dad, exactly like Ahab, and he only reigned for two years instead of way, way long time like Ahab did. Like Moron, Azahiah also fell through his own roof, like he fell through the ceiling and got badly injured. So he told his servants to go ask Baal Zebub. If that sounds like Beelzebub, yeah, you got there. He asked them to ask one of the Baals, Baal Zebub, of Ekron, if he was going to recover. And as the servants go, Elijah gets word from God to intercept them and to go to the king and be like, Y'all want to ask God, God, or just this fake Beelzebub? God decided to answer your question anyway. You gonna die. The servants come back way too fast, and Azahiah's like, how did you guys get back here so fast? Why are you back? And they're like, well, a guy intercepted us and told us that you're gonna die because you asked Beelzebub instead of God, because there's a God in Israel and not just a God in Ekron. And Azahiah's like, what did this guy look like? Like, who's this dude? And they're like, uh, he was wearing a fur garment. And a belt of leather. And he's like, oh my god, it's Elijah. So he sends a captain of 50 men with his 50 men to go kill Elijah or to arrest him or whatever. And Elijah's like, if God is God, you will all be consumed with fire. And boom, they all get roasted. Azahiah hears and doesn't get the message. So he sends another captain with 50. And Elijah's like, yeah, if God's God, then uh, y'all are going to get roasted. And boom, fire from heaven, they're all roasted. And then another captain... A third one with his 50 comes to Elijah and the captain's like, please have mercy on me. Please, I'm just here following orders. I'm not here to hurt you. And God's like, yeah, you can go with him. So Elijah goes with this captain who does not die and meets with Azahiah and is like, don't you know there's a God in Israel, the place where you already are? Why did you send word to Baal Zebub in Ekron? Well, God decided to answer your question about whether you're going to recover from this injury. You're not. You will never get up from that bed again and you are going to die. And he did. Azahiah died and another man had to take his place. Guy's name's Jehoram, which is confusing because Jehoram is also king in Judah. He's the son of Jehoshaphat. For some reason they have the same name. I don't know why. Anyway, you might be wondering, where's Jehoshaphat? What happened to Jehoshaphat? Well, he was an awesome king. Uh, he made great reforms, and he does one of the most badass Bible things ever, which is not doing anything. Like, the entire Bible, God's like, I will fight for you. Calm down. I will fight for you. Be still. I will fight for you. And every dang time, the people are confused, and they go out to battle anyway, and all kinds of stuff happens, and blah, blah, blah. You've been listening to this podcast for a while. You know that's how it goes. Jehoshaphat actually gets it right. The Moabites and the Ammonites actually go up against Jehoshaphat and the army is just unbeatable, huge, impossible to defeat. And Jehoshaphat calls a nationwide fast. The entire nation of Judah fasts and asks God for help. Jehoshaphat publicly prays and asks God to save them, asks God to send pestilence or famine or something, but to not let them fall before their enemies. He asks God to be just, and he asks God to have mercy at the same darn time. He ends this prayer, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. 
Really, could anything be cooler? And God anoints a new prophet for Judah right freaking there. This man's name is Jahaziel. And he straight up is like, yeah, don't worry about it. This battle isn't between us and them. It's between God and them. And that means God's going to kick butt. Go down. They're going to come up against you. Send out the musicians first. And trust me, God's going to show up and deliver. And Jehoshaphat follows through. These kings hardly ever do that. But Jehoshaphat actually follows through. And so they are singing a psalm, gives thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. And they show up to the battle with the musicians in front, ready to fight because the battle is the Lord's. And when they get there, there's nobody. The only thing in the battlefield is the dead bodies of their enemies. Ammon and Moab freaking attacked some other people and they got in a fight and now they're all dead, routed without the nation of Judah having to draw a single sword. And every other nation heard about it and was like, you know, it's a really bad idea messing with Judah and their God. And so there was peace during Jehoshaphat's reign. He took care of a lot of the evil, evil things that had been happening prior to his reign. And eventually he passed away and his son Jehoram took over. And that's how we got two kings, one in Israel and one in Judah, with the same dang name. Next episode, as promised, we're going to find out what finally happens to Elijah and catch up with Israel post Ahab. After all, they've still got kings and Jezebel's still kicking for now. Look forward to it on the next episode of Messy Scripture.